um, you had some notoriety because somebody fucked on uh, live. Can I bring that up? I don't. I don't want to albatross you, but uh, aren't you the show where someone fucked on live? A couple fucks. Uh, yeah, but it was like a tape. Like it was like one of those like sloppy tapes that like you know you can't really tell what's going on. Right. But, uh, you know the way I, I think about that is like during the pandemic we all did like a pass <laughs> and I think we could all get like a pass at this point. I mean, geez, like there's enough holding people accountable for ethical offenses that you get like a pass. Yeah, they had yeah. sex. I personally don't think sex personally, but yeah, a lot of people. Well, they came. They came to see the show. They came. They were focusing on stand up and any kind of extra stuff. They probably didn't appreciate it. Maybe I doubt it. But they they came for the comedy, so they they probably said this isn't comedy. So. Yeah, and I think our name can be misleading because it's a very like American term, but also you know. But we, there's a lot that falls under that umbrella. We had like a lot of American uh, kind of touch to what we do, and I, I think guess, some people yeah. are like. They think it's like this thing, and, and I think we've struggled with that because it is kind of a poor like marketing communication, I guess, in a way. But uh, but no, that was fun and that was memorable, and I don't regret that. Is there any like uh, suitable for work uh, crazy accidents happen on, on the Zoom show you want to bring up? Something that hasn't happened on a live show or? Hmm. or... Well, like it's always funny when you like. Really gives like uh, it's always such a humbling experience doing comedy. Like honestly, I think it's kind of like I have like a problem with like so, and I think it's like I just have no patience for that. So, um, but yeah, crazy stuff. I mean, the nakedness. People like we get the Zoom bombers, and it's funny because the Zoom bombers they come on and they mess with the show, and I'm like, you know, we have like no time to like do the show. Like you can actually do it. <laughs> you don't have to like do whatever you're doing. And then after I said that, I was like, we want you to be, like, part of the show. Like, we love the energy they bring. Because, like, anybody who logs on to Zoom is, like, pretty what they're doing. And uh, so we kind of, like, worked a few of them into the fold. And they're, like, really young kids. Yeah. So, and honestly, it's scary. Like, I hope that's not represented by, like, the kids out there. Because, like, that's, all that's the our future as a so you got to pipe pipe for them into the right direction, Bahe. You got to be the ringleader in the future. Yeah, I think I wanna... comedy's great for that. Yeah, one thing. So your live shows and your virtual shows are kind of crash landing together. Can you talk about your upcoming live events? Uh, granted, it's Halloween right now, but uh, you have you and uh, Christopher are doing a show at the Moscone Center. Yeah, so we got an email from this uh, convention, uh, Plan Expo. And they're like, do you guys want to stream or no? They said record what you're doing on our like stage episode. And uh, I was like, hell yeah! I was like, but we do a live stream. I can use that. I've been thinking about that. I don't know if I have really bad Zoom or not. I can do the live stream, but they'll do like a three camera shoot recording where you take like many different people angles and stuff, and you just like live like from the people who are there. And I was like, obviously, I really want. It would be a live, so people can go to the convention, see this live, and then you guys will edit it as a as a Zoom show, and then post it on YouTube or on your socials. Yeah, yeah, and I think like they're gonna give us a lot of free content too because this has evolved, and now it's like an online. Yeah. 
Yeah, you competed last night. I thought I got three percent to the vote. Three percent. Yeah, that, that's myself because as a comedian, I learned you always vote for yourself. You're you are the funniest person in the room at all times. Totally. Otherwise, yeah. no one's gonna say that. So you always have to that's vote for so yourself. Right. Yeah, there was yeah, some was one new time comic last night. God bless this gregarious gentleman. Uh, as loquacious as he was yesterday, he's like, I didn't vote for myself. I'm like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, well, he's not a comic that was a first-time comic. Getting burned out last night. I know. Well, it, it, stuck, it, it stuck out to me. I didn't say anything because I didn't want to uh, influence. I didn't want to encourage him. But, you know, you got to be cold for the new comics. They got to have a thick skin. Yeah, totally. I think he'll learn that. And uh, you don't vouch for yourself. Like, everyone else is going to. So a lot of comics are mostly focused on themselves. They're not really in the business of helping like other comics. I get it because it's so hard to help yourself. Well, it's it's also a sole proprietorship. You have to be driven, which is fuck people over if you really want want what you get. It's that's why you're driven to that vote. That's oh, that's interesting. I've never fucked anyone over. Uh, that's probably why I'm not. Yeah, you gotta keep your eye on your prize. You gotta put your blinders on, and you gotta fuck everybody around uh, around you to get to what you want. And then you get it, and then you then you. Uh, I don't know how it goes. All right. Well, on that note, Vahe, uh, I was, so let's let's get some uh, uh, links where people can find you as a comedian, uh, your dates, uh, and also the show that's run away uh, live and virtual. Okay. Yeah. So the virtual show is virtual comedy virtualcomedy.com pandemic uh, yeah and then uh, bestofffstandup.com like my show it's a classy room it's a classy show it has great great uh, I mean these are seats for critics to sit down and watch John Leguizamo and the pest so you know these are the softest greatest ass hugging seats you're ever going to experience <laughs> for a live performance like yeah. it's a great room which kind of works against the idea. Oh, they get too comfy? Yeah, because you don't want to be comfy. It's a common known fact, right? You don't want to be comfy. I got to keep the cold, the temperature cold. Cool. Uh, so we got all your links. We are now at the part of the uh, interview of the Celebrity Comedian Countdown, where you, our celebrity comedian, do a countdown to our movie this week. Bahe, take it away. All right. Well, thank you so much, celebrity comedian. Oh, we are acting this film. Yeah, Green Grow the Rushes. That's what it's called. <laughs> we have saying a, something. I think so. It's a Marsh, Carl. This is Great. No, this is the United Kingdom. Great Britain. Great. So I love I the accent in this film. Oh my God! Yeah, absolutely. Because we have a powerhouse of actors in this. And two of them are definitely known for their voices, and they crank it out. I'm talking about Roger Liddery, who is the captain in this movie. And then, of course, we have young Richard Burton. Yeah, very young. <clears throat> well, you know, he's a – I did a little research, Carl. I went to Wiki, and I went to IMDb. But for Richard Burton, I watched a movie called In From Out the Cold. In From, mm -hmm. in from the Cold. A Portrait of Richard Burton. It was a 1965 documentary. That's that early. Well, you know, it was Cleopatra was 63. So they were 
three ring circus at this time with that okay. marriage. Yeah. So you know, but oh, by the way, any resemblance to any living person, actual events, coincidence would be a miracle. Oh, this must be a farce. <laughs> must be a bureaucracy. <laughs> and sure enough, here is a beautiful southeast England tent, and here comes bureaucrats. Oh, they're boo. bowler hats. Bowler hats and their glasses. Now these three guys each have their own personality. Bureaucrats, and they're gonna like diss on each other throughout the film. It's a. I have to say, this film is really good with character. Uh-huh. I want to just call out this moment. So they they arrive to this marshy area, and they control this land. And the way it's shot, this guy Nigel Swiss, director. Look at this. They they hover over the land. They look like go- bureaucratic gods that own this area. <laughs> Isn't that a re- it's remarkable, right? To start yeah. this movie off like that, it's pretty cool. Look at them; they're gods, surveying all they survey. They're actually from the uh, agriculture, uh, the Ministry of Agriculture and Fisheries. Gotcha. And they're down here in Angela. Oh, I forgot the name of it. I have it, but basically, all this marshland is not being used for farming. That is it. People are starving out there. People need their, yeah, you know? And they talk a lot about the history. So I guess, like, I don't know anything about America, right? So if you we watch a movie about the South and they believe that they run themselves and they have mm-hmm. a, a bootlegging Upon operation, it. you know, they're gator and they're doing, I would be like, yeah, makes sense to me. So this movie is kind of similar. So this area has history. Like, uh, they talk about Henry III a lot in this. Yeah, Henry III, Henry III decreed that they are they govern themselves. They have yes. autonomy over themselves. So they have a charter. They have a uh, corporation charter, and they actually have charter day, and they're celebrating this. But they have their own magistrates. Mag- they have magistrates. Their own. Yes. And so this bureaucracy group is ready to take over the land, but they're going to butt heads with them. And one thing they're going to mention, which is very romantic, is that this area was known for bootlegging. Smuggling! Yeah, like brandy in particular. And But that was the old days, Carl. They don't have it now. But they're right. curious, like, how come these farmers have great houses and they don't have any, uh, they have a couple cows here, and that's about it. All right, so here's one of them. Smuggling! Uh, this guy is always sick. I've been sick for two years, I have this cold. Got a two. He's got a cold. How's your cold this morning? Same as ever. Same as ever. Now, could it be allergies? Hmm. What do you think it is? Okay, so here's Gil, Colonel Gil, and he's being interviewed by Honor Blackman, who we don't have any Star Trek connections. Yeah, the closest we do. Closest we have to a Star Trek connection is her, Honor Blackman, who's been in every single iconic British TV show. (laughs) I would say the Avengers. She's dressed okay. up in leather. Uh, she was in Coronation Street in the 2000s. And how does she tie in to Star Trek ever so loosely? Well, she was also in Doctor Who during the 80s. Okay. And she was in The Saints. With Roger so she Moore. doesn't tie into Star Trek what? at all. Uh, Star Trek is, a, is an iconic American show. American, not show. Yeah, but what the fuck is Doctor Who... Fucking the Avengers and the Saints. I mean, you can't They're get more iconic. You can, uh, <laughs> They're I would rather iconic. Watch, you would rather watch Star Trek over the Avengers. The, well, the that's TV an interesting show. question. It depends on my mood, but I guess yes. 
So if you want to jerk off to women in leather, then you need underwear. Well, Avengers is not going to have a green girl. Now, that's some jerk-off fodder right there. Okay. Wow, these are great conversations we like to have. So uh, she's also obviously known, there she is, for uh, playing Pussy Galore and Goldfinger. That's Whoa! Really? Yeah, that's her. Terrific! And she died 94 years old in twenty the year 2020. That's great. 94, that's a ripe old age. Now, he goes, what, are you laughing at this? And she goes, no, it's just the way my face was made. Looks like I'm laughing all the time. <clears throat> yeah, oh, yeah. Basically, the, the marshland, you know, he's talking about this charter, the corporation. Liberty. And... <clears throat> Liberty. Oh, they're right, the Liberty. Liberty Charter. And that's why they called it that, because they they're autonomous. Now, this is actually based on a novel. Uh, guy named is Howard uh, Chloe Cleves. The uh, best thing I can say about him is that Howard Cleves, so like uh, like Daniel Close, Close, I guess. Okay, because if it was Howard Cleves, he'd be like the rich guy, the aviator. Howard Hughes. A lot of OCD. A lot of OCD. Uh, no, it's like, I guess Close, like Howard Close, C-L-E-W-E. He also okay. wrote a book uh, called The uh, Long Memory. One of the oh, the long memory. When I got to the end of that book, I, I closed. I closed. You rem what was the long memory about? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take that. Uh, yeah, this his that book was also about the the marshy South uh, area. There is so like a, a reporter, and she was interviewing him. About these, what, these interlopers who are going to try to government whammy-jammy them, force them to have farms. Oh, ah, there he is. There he is. Let's take a listen. There he is. That's the voice. Richard Burton. Richard Jenkins, you know, he had a, yeah, he had a fucked up family. Well, he was, there was 13 kids in the Jenkins family. Uh, I have 11, it was 13 because two died in their infancies before I was born. Okay, so they count. Yeah, he sounds like Kevin, uh, he sounds like uh, Catherine Hepburn. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, he was the second youngest. Uh, the mom died after the final kid was born, and it was like a shitty area of Wales. He was from South Wales. I wonder and if all his big brothers were like, yeah, you little punk, and then he became huge famous. He became the biggest brother. At Thanksgiving, they, they were like, hmm. This 1965 documentary interviews his oldest brother, who lost uh -huh. his foot working in the pit. Like, you either worked in the steel mines. Yeah, my town was called... It meant to lost a bridge because they covered two bridges. We lived under the bridge. <laughs> so his his oldest brother uh, worked in the steel mill, and he lost his foot working in the fucking coal pit. Mm -hmm. so, and they were making – he was the only one who could work in that family, and he was making, like, I don't know, pennies on the dime or whatever. Right. It was, there was some – so, yeah. Burden did this for the money, man. Like, he – so basically his story was that uh, – he, when his mother died, he moved into his sister's house, who was married to some guy, 
And he got him into school. He got himself into Oxford because there was an acting teacher, Philip Burton, who saw something in Ah. this young 14-year-old. Philip Burton, okay. Yeah. So he went up to Sis, C-I-S, which is one of the sisters. Sis, Sis female. Okay. And uh, they said, I would like to adopt my darling. And she's like, yeah. Take him, we got funny. I don't know. She, she, it was heartbreaking. They talked really? about it. So he adopted, he became, the, Philip Vernon was 20 days younger. Like there was a limit. Like to adopt a kid, to say, right. I'm dad, your son, you have to be exactly 20 years apart. They were 20 days shy of that. So he had to become a legal guardian. Not a father, a right. legal guardian. Okay. So, and he went off. And he went to Oxford, and when the war started, this movie is 51. So in 41, he got recruited in this thing the RAF had. Is it RAF? R-E-F? Royal uh, Air Force? R-A-F, Royal Air Force. Royal as fuck. Anyway, so they <laughs> <laughs> they had this program where he would act and then go to school for acting half the day, half the time. And then the other half, he's in the RAF. Okay. So – he started acting on stage. He became, oh, the globe. They offered me ten pounds, and I took it. And then my friend said, "Richard, you should go back and ask for more." And then he did. And then the producer said, "Fine." He goes, "You talk to that old Welsh bulldog." Dude. So yeah, he was like, he was doing Shakespeare, and he started acting in British films. This is one of the British films he acted. Now, Mike, we got an audience. You got to tell them what they're up to right now and how they got there. Is, it, is that how it happens? Well, right now she's investigating this dubious. Uh, well, no, sailor. no, it's duck hunting. She made it. She made an agreement, right? The father. Yes, the father like owns the newspaper or something, and no, no, not even. Well, the father's not alive, is he? He's in the boat right now. The it's uh, her father. It's her father. She's really more spying on Richard Burton. I think, like she went out there. Well, I thought it was a coincidence. She goes out duck hunting because she mentioned it with her. She agreed with her father. And then she, you know, this boat, it, it just shows up. I, she doesn't know that Richard Burton's out there. Well, you know, her father does. Her father was a bootlegger in this world. Her father was in on everything. And they're like, do we let her in on it? I told her. And they're like, she's just a mice girl. And they're like, yeah, go ahead, you know. Now, what are they drinking? Like, they drink coffee in this movie, but I it's think she's coffee. pouring tea. Yeah, it's coffee. They're not oh, really. Well, I, no, I don't know. I don't know what the contents are. It very well could be. But every drink they have in this movie is coffee. It even it even ends with them opening a cafe. What, what, what you're forgetting about all the booze, dude? I'm not talking about. I'm talking about when they drink. They don't drink tea. They drink coffee. Okay. Okay. Now here we go. Here's old suspect. He, he just he just happened upon her. He wasn't out there to spy. Well, she now becomes a spyer. She'll start spying. Well, she she didn't trust. Like, oh, I see this bitch. <laughs> this is me. And then he duck hunts. Hey, Carl, what you doing? Quack quack. Hey, quack quack. Good, Carl. What you doing? Quack quack. Did you <laughs> hear my duck impression? What's a delightful, Carl? Yeah. Hey, where's your duck thing? You know the fake duck. Oh, I don't need that. Quack. <laughs> I'm not spending idea. my money on that. You gotta, you gotta use a uh, something that sounds like. 
production stuff to call their attention. Quack. Quack. So oh, Richard quack. Burton is letting the talk with the cold go by. Sneaking around. I look at him, man. He looks great. Doesn't look great in the documentary. Five. Like Jay Smoker. Now, Carl, you said you picked this movie because of Richard Burton. Mm-hmm. What is your association with him? Uh, well, uh, we're not lovers. Uh, I don't know where you heard that from. No, the truth is, I was just browsing around YouTube. I think we were having some trouble with some. I don't know. But I came upon it. It was Richard Burton, a huge star. It's uh-huh. 1951, so you can trust that there's not going to be ads. It's in black and white, so it's going to take us to an earlier time. And it was full of accents. No, but I'm talking about, like, you, you said you singled out Richard Burton. Like, what is your perception of Richard Burton? No, no, I didn't. I, I just, he's the major star. And well, what is your fucking perspective of Richard Burton? Like, oh, like, oh, I think Richard Burton's a bum. Okay. Okay, that's what I want to hear. Yeah. No. Well, they and 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 enabler girl were just total alcoholics, and it ruined them. Of course. And look, of course they they don't stay married and happy. Okay. Now, take him on the screen, and I think he's magnificent. I think that that movie, um, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? What a trip! I I think that Richard Burton, as an actor, and not in this film, is very powerful. He holds his own in this film. It's not his film to take, though. No, it's not. He's not the main character or anything like that, even though he's a big deal. And the the script doesn't lend him to any heroics or, you know, impassioned speech. He's just not the guy of this film, but he's still good in it. Yeah. Now tell everyone what's going on, Mike. I was about to, Carl, but you you spoke up. I'm oh, so I, sorry. I always. I know. Sorry, we could switch it back. You saw the movie. If you want to do I did. it, I, I did. yeah. All right. No, I saw it one time. Okay. All I know is I'm now discovering the patch of smuggled alcohol. Right. That's okay. what I know. You, okay, you're gonna have to let me let me lead this. Okay, Carl. Yes, please. Okay. And if if I pause or my timing is off, trust me. Just let me give me that that extra beat. Okay. You got it. You don't have to step on it. Also. Maybe you can shave once in a while. <laughs> okay. Yes, boss. Okay, boss. I will do it. All right. No, I'm I'm ranting. I always hate bosses like that. Did I ever tell you the time I had? Uh, we'll get back to this movie. He's basically telling her that there's smuggling fees, and they they get it. They get it in the net. They bring it over, and it's been going on for ages. They just have like a backlog and all this stuff. So I had I had a a show at a deli. And the boss was like, Sarah, come here, come into my office. Now, I don't work there, like, but I'm right, going into right. the boss's office to say COVID stuff. And I'm like, you've been using the same jokes every time. <laughs> okay, here, here we go. Here's the star of the show. Now, you would say, oh, my God, fucking Penguin's henchman escaped Batman. But he actually ha- – he's a captain, and this is appropriate wear. His ship is named the Frolic. Yeah. And he's wearing a sailor's hat, and he's got a sailor's uh, sweater that has the name of the boat. He's very on the, on the up and up. Well, it's and not he on the up. talks in plural. The royal we, yeah. Oh, funny. I was just about to catch that. But, yeah, uh, we have just landed. 
So he always refers to himself in the royal, royal we. And that was our wife uh, when he talks about me. He also calls every woman the lily wife. Yeah, that's which right. Is a little off-putting because, you know, lily wife is, is a coded word in America. It's like, you know, sleeping with black people or it's used to say it's a willy like neighborhood. But it was a code. So it's weird hearing him say it. But let's listen to his crazy voice. Yep, Lily White. Now, I know this guy. Uh, he's famous for three reasons as well. He was terrific. I actually haven't seen him. There's two directors, British directors, Emmerich, uh, Michael Powell, and uh, what was the other dude's name? Uh, Emmerich Pressburger. That's right, Pressburger. And I saw The Red Shoes, fantastic movie about a dancer who gets these magic shoes that make her dance and dance and dance. And then they lost their career when they did a film called Peeping Tom, which okay. is about a, a guy who kills women while filming them. He likes to, his tripod has a knife. And that movie destroyed their career. They had a very distinguished career. They had a string of three great movies starring the captain of the uh -huh. film. And by the way, I'm going to play the audio. When he's, anytime he gets to a piano, we got to hear the whole thing. But, Just um, the song he plays. Yeah, well, he gives these speeches. Oh, he did The Life and Death of Colonel Blimp, I Know Where I'm Going, and A Matter of Life and Death. Those are the three big Michael Powell, Emmerich Pressburger movies he did. So he's famous for that. He, uh, you know, he lived a while. He, he was too young for the Royal Air Force. So he actually worked, you know, doing some mission stuff. But he, he was in tons of shit. And I think in the 70s, he kind of petered off uh, his last acting role. Okay, here we go. There's a boat and the piano. There's a piano in the boat. Mm -hmm. Weird. It's, a, it's an upright, so it makes more sense. This reminds me of uh, the Hateful Eight when they give that big speech and the guy's playing the piano behind it. Oh right. Oh, they he's on TV. Yeah, he is. With ourselves. Now, there was a television in the old man she was interviewing's office, which I was surprised about, 1951. Well, they had TV in the 40s. Oh, I you didn't know. know that. I thought it was a 50. Maybe it came, became big in the 50s? It became it became more affordable. You know, I mean, uh -huh. it was early adopters in the 40s. But it, it existed. Uh So what's interesting about this movie, Carl, if you remember, is that he does these elaborate speeches on his pia upright piano in his boat. Yeah. It's glorious. And at one point, he confronts his wife in her her landlocked house, his ex his ex wife, and there's a piano there, and he just I think he's talking to the husband. There's an just, organ. Yeah, he just kind of sits himself in front of it and starts playing while telling the story. It's great. Ah. Here yeah, we but go. remember this tells audience yeah. what he was saying while he was playing just like what we just heard he was giving a story about the fish that got away it's a story of a sailor and the love for the sea and the love for a woman and what calls what call they hear and what call they follow basically holly the lily wife and we loved her he she was our wife yeah. but you know the sea beckons and off he goes on the frolic and he leaves her, and she marries 
a guy who we will fucking see. Yeah. It's a fucking crazy movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, this crazy farmer that they chase these guys off with a pitchfork. He was and a right military now, man at the time. Now, this is a great scene, Carl, because these bureaucrats show up, and they're all bootleggers. And the guy goes, would you like some brandy? I mean, uh, beer. Would you like beer? Uh, no brandy. They got the Andy brandy. Oh, yeah, that's right. All right. So those two, uh, pro- those two bureaucrats are talking about how they don't like this guy. He's a chill, right? Like, uh, yeah. yeah. So he's going to browbeat this Coast Guard into stealing this fruit of, uh, of uh, bootlegging. It's like, it must be really hate your job, right? It must really fucking sucks looking at you. <laughs> oh, I like but he it. He does look like so English about it. Yeah. Well, he's trying to be aggro, right? Like he's like Captain America. Take a listen. He's rather angry. So it's the classic, like, he's trying to get information about it. Basically, they're going to, they do this wild goose chase, right? These bureaucrats, and they have nothing of it until the second act. And they show up and they go, what's all this then? Yeah. And this has to do with us. And that's when this trouble fucking get knocked off. But everything is crazy. Like, I look, I have to say, like, everybody in this film is a genuine character. Like, it's not he just roles. what a marvelous door. Yeah. That's what you're talking about. It's like the character of Don't dawdle. Yeah. Well the uh, now here's another thing too. Like this director, Nigel Twist, by the way, the uh the last scene of this movie, what a twist ending, Carl. The director's uh, ending. the twist ending? I don't think so. Twist yeah, ending? it was it was directed by Nigel Twist. <laughs> what a twist ending. Okay. <laughs> classic, classic twist ending. Saw it coming. Now they're saying that this used to be one thing about this area. It was water, right? It was ocean, uh, yeah. and basically, these guys are very dismissive because the marsh people, these marsh people, uh, basically they made their income by building a wall to block the ocean, and then claim the land. Right. the The ocean receded, and all this wet marshy land was left behind, and yeah. so they walled it off so the sea couldn't come back in. Right, and then they kept the land. And they're saying, hey, I see a bunch of cows on here, but, you know, you need to grow some fucking potatoes. Oh, that's what he says to the other guy. You could grow potatoes. Eh. Yeah. Eh. Eh. Too starchy. Eh. Well, why is it an agricultural problem? Starchy. <laughs> now, all right, this is why I like this movie. That's a pitchfork. That's a bureaucrat. And they ran into where the bulls are, which I thought was crazy. Yeah, they run through it in those suits. But yeah, you gotta have the farmer chase them with a bull. If you fucking bring a bull, you know, bull fork, bull fork, fork, bull fork, pitchfork, fork. Yeah, look at them run. Uh, That they used to keep their potatoes in this bunker, and it was like a really, it was starchy bunker. Uh, I like that. Look at them. Yeah, fuck yeah. And then we get the big reveal. There's his wife. Polly! No, it's not a reveal. We're just meeting some farmer and his wife. But, as a, 
you hear their names, and you're like, oh, shit, these are the couple that are Catherine was talking about. By the way, I have to say, let's talk about Polly, his love of his life. She steals this movie for me. Eat a hope, and I will show you. Well, actually, she hasn't been introduced yet. That was a little bit. But when she shows up, scratches her ass, Carl, and you got to call out that, okay? Okay. Like, you know when you wake up, you stress? How do you wake up when you're on the, on the canvas plane? <laughs> you get yeah. up, you scratch her ass. She does it, and it's fucking hysterical. <laughs> when she sees the boat, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's married to the director, Michael Swiss. Oh. He died in a horrible car accident in 83 while they were still married. That's uh, stupid. They were in a turnabout, and she crashed into a lorry. Okay, that's a, that's a, a truck. Yeah, and a roundabout is a roundabout. Or what do they call it? Car- what are the round circle roundabouts? Now, anyway, so they were saying, like, I told this reporter, and she's like, oh, she's uh, Tom's son, uh, daughter. She's all right. A real marsh girl, don't you know? There you go. That's my favorite line. A real marsh girl. I don't think we'll have any trouble with her. Well, they have, uh, they still got another load. They're like, well, we can keep it and let these bureaucrats go. And they're like, fuck it. Let's just take it. So they're going to go and take the, the booze. Now they're accelerating their, their, their bootlegging them. But the problem is that the weather's not great. No, the weather is not great. Now, the thing is, like he's like, this reporter's snooping around, and now we got these bureaucrats. We better quit. We better just stop being a smuggler. We can do it later. You keep calling it bootlegging. They don't call it that. But then he goes, yeah, but we've got the last shipment. It's it's out there on the ocean right now. And he's like, well, that won't do. Of course. We, okay, The this will be the last one. Yeah. Now, I have to say, like, their voyage is fantastic, right? Fantastic like, what we, voyage? It, I, it would that. be. Oh, I never – god damn it. I need a fucking vertebrae calendar. <laughs> right? That would really make a, a excellent adventure. God damn it. I need to uh. – it, There's Richard. So he's like, what are you going to do now? And she's like, you should settle down and get married. And she's like, oh, phooey. <laughs> now, the you thing is, they never get together in this film. They no. The whole film, they're going to get together. I feel like more of like she's one of the guys. Like she is a Marsh girl. Mm-hmm. And she's in on it. And that she uh, helps them, you know, against the, the, the all the cops that show up and all the bureaucrats. She's in on it. Like even at the end, she does her part. Right? When she's glug, glug, glugging, yeah. she's doing her part. Yeah, I really think, I don't know if this is the time to talk about it, but I really think that this movie has a bad ending. Really, okay. Well, let's uh, let's after the scene, let's talk about the ending because this is All a right. great scene. All right. It basically, uh, they have a three-hour tour, and uh, <laughs> the tour is for the SS Minnow. Yeah, which may be lost. So here he is again. Like during these scenes, my big toe started to jump. Like my sailor uh, eye started to turn red because I know a bad storm's a brewing. That's what they're saying. You know, they don't like the cut of the storm. Bruin. And one thing I have to say I love about these sailor dudes is that they have all this booze in there and they know that they may not win out against the storm, right? The perfect storm might kick their ass. So what do they do? They pull out a fucking 
they pull out a corkscrew. And they're like, fuck it, dude. This stuff might be damaged. We might be damaged. We need to finish it off. Yeah, that's and right. that plays into the movie. Like, that's basically what this movie is about. It's like, uh, instead well, of getting rid of it. What was that brandy? It was some... Napoleon, right? Napoleon brandy, right, right. Little Napoleon. Uh, we need a corkscrew. Yeah, right away, uh, Captain. And they get shit-fucked. Like, they yep. get so fucking drunk in this movie. During the perfect storm. It reminds me when I saw the perfect storm. I actually... Uh-huh. And I passed out, and I woke up, and it was like a storm. Perfect. Yeah, storm. Plug Hello. Plug you are listening to the BBC uh, Yeah, which ocean. says, don't go sailing today, dumbass. Yeah, now these guys, they all survive, which is remarkable during the disaster. They fucking get shit-faced loaded. So this is fancy brain. Glug glug. Take one down. You know, I put up. Did I ever tell you the time I got angry because I I put up ninety nine bottles of beer on my wall? Ninety nine bottles of beer. Yeah, and then uh, these guys were singing a song, and I got really pissed off at it. I'm like, you better not. (laughs) I just put them up there. (laughs) Don't. Don't deplete my stock. Coming up next, Eves and Worcester get into trouble. You're listening to BBC Marshland. Now they're on the shore worried about... Now, I think it's probably a film... Film... Behind, I don't know. That just lightning. Oh, you know what you think? This is probably a screen job. Yeah, I, I, no, but see how it's lightninging and it's still shining on them? Maybe it yeah. is real. Well, this is definitely a bad job. Unless they went to the ocean. Now, these guys are getting drunker and drunker. Hee 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 hee. But I really like the attitude of this movie. It's like, instead of wasting it, get drunk now. Yeah. Like, if it's going to spoil, eat it. And that's what they do. They get fucking drunk. And then when, when at the end of the movie, when the situation is that they have to get rid of all this booze, the right. town takes over. Yeah, see, that's, okay, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. the whole movie, okay, the third act, is it really time to talk about this yet? I mean, our well, audience isn't with us at the third act. I'll, well, I'll look, do it as we go along. Okay, but I mean, basically, things are going to escalate. These bureaucrats are going to get wind of this uh, smuggled booze. Yes. Also, they claim, and the boat's going to be, well, we won't even get to that point, but the boat's in peril. And the new position of the boat means that to cover their ass, they say, oh, we have this liberty. Look at him still drinking. I love it. Yeah. Oh, he's like, he's fucking pulling up. Oh, we should listen to his voice. This guy, like, the moment this guy Richard started talking and acting in this movie, I was like, who's Richard Perlin? <laughs> yeah, right. He's just, he completely takes over this movie. Yeah, look at them. They're fucking about to die. They're just drunk and crazy. So the point was, the ship is probably going to wreck or something, so we should get rid of the booze, and then they decide not to get rid. Well, we always deliver, right? Doesn't he say yeah, that? Yeah, right, right. Because yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of money if they don't deliver. It's a lot of money, but they also know that this might be their last fight with this. Right. Yeah. And what's interesting, like the first time I see, I've seen this movie three times, and the first time I saw this, I thought Bernie was on the boat. And it oh. wasn't until I saw them on the marshland, huh. and Bernie's like, oh, there's the weather, the guy, oh, rum, 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 rum. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like this movie doesn't lend itself to Richard Burton 
fucking great. No, he has a role and he does it really well. Like he's really deep into the show. And now, uh, what is he hearing right now? Oh right. Help! Help! Help. I'm stuck in a shed. I don't get it. But this, okay. this one, this one scene, I don't really get. But I guess he's still snooping around or something. He kind of says like, "You dumb girl killer," or he yells her out. Yes, he's a, he's pretty nice to her. Yeah, I don't know why they don't hook up. I know. That's one of the things in which I don't like about this movie is that the ending that is telegraphed to us, we're going to have a romance. These two, like, uh, I wouldn't say they don't like each other or at odds, but they are a little bit. She's just like, you're a snooper. I don't like that. Right. But meanwhile, they respect each other as... Well, she does. She never writes the report. No, That's why I don't think no her dad writes in the newspaper because her dad would be like, "Fix me on my past life." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, I think it's like she knows the full story about the smuggling ring, but she's not going to tell it because she's from the area. She's a right. girl. Right. Lily White Marshall. No trouble Lily from White. her. Uh, Lily White. You tell the Lily Whites. Oh, we don't like that. Your love minnow could be lost. <laughs> and you know what's strange? He has such a big fat face in this movie. And <laughs> I looked him up. You know, I'll tell you what, what else he's been known for, which is fucking terrible. But I looked him up and I see him in the Blimp movie. I see him in his other role. And he has like a young, different face. He's got uh-huh. a beard. Like he definitely changed his, his appearance changed in this one. Okay, so the other thing he's known about. All right, wait. Here we aren't we going to have the ass scratch scene? Oh, uh, I'm not up to that yet. We passed out. I might be a couple seconds behind you. There she is. Vita Hope. Yes. Look at this. Classic Carl wakes up, yawns, a little bit of stifle. Ah, gets her feet bearing. Here it comes, the best part of the movie. Scratch your butt. Yeah, <laughs> scratch your hair. Figure it out. Get up. There. Scratch, 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 scratch. Look at that. Ass scratch. Your front lawn. Yeah. Classic. Du- oh, she does the double take. She says, There's a boat in the front yard. There's a boat in the front yard. Look at that. She doesn't register. Goes back to sleep. Love it. Yes. Yeah, nothing. There's a ship in the duck pond. What? There's a ship in the duck pond. They survived. Now our hero, our uh, the guy who talks in plural, he does a yes. pretty good. I'm waking up job too. Oh, and they, they're hungover too, but they have to do the hungover part. They got marooned. Their ship was flying. He goes right rear rudder, rear rudder. Right. Well, because. We hear the ship, right? You hear that noise? That's the ship still running. Still going. All right, I'll push it back. And then the those poor ducks. Are quacking up. All those ducks are dead. I ate them all three. Yeah, he's got. <laughs> now this guy's completely unrealistic. Get your boat out of my duck pond. How's he supposed to do that? He's just on dominance, I guess. But no, there's no way. And then this becomes the, then this movie kicks into gear, which is uh, 
Harry. He shoots at it. Bang, bang. Where's yeah. the fucking bullet hole? <laughs> it's so fucking hungover. Oh, we gotta I hear say it. that. What's the idea of putting a bow in my chuckle? It's not deep enough. Yeah, we've seen your face before. But he's still too drunk to notice. Here we go, fucking dumbass ship captain. Ship guy. <laughs> he says a little captain jump, right? The sailor, the sailor jumps out of the thing. Doesn't understand why there's not water around him. All right, here she is. He sees her husband. Is that her? No, that's her friend. He just kind of more of a figure to it. All right, they did it. They're done. Oh look, Burden didn't realize he's on stage. Right. He uh he had some drinking stories in this documentary. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. He, so he was drinking with his father, real father, and they had boiler made. This is an American, which is a shot followed by a pint of beer. And uh, I said, Dad, would you like a boiler made? And usually uh, vodka how about a shot of rum? So my father and I have some rum, and uh, followed by a pint of beer. And at the end, he says, oh, "Those Americans, what a clever race!" <laughs> like the French are a superior. That's race what he said. Because movie. his father woke up, and all his ailments disappeared. His lifelong ailments were gone after that night of drinking with his son. From boilermakers. And he said, "Americans, what a clever race." Or creating the boiler maker. All right, so yeah, we're getting into the whole like bureaucrats that come a piling on, now, right? Because this was a cop, like a local cop. Yeah, okay. local cop. But what they're gonna say is that because the boat is from their area, which is covered by the Liberty, right? They can get a slipway built, get the boat back in, and have the farmer pay for it by having the boat being declared owned by back to the Liberty. Right. So this goofy ass guy who's gonna bring his who's gonna leave to get a sandwich and a and a stool. Yeah, the guy with the hat. The guy with the hat. Okay, so here's the first guy. Now I like this fucking cop a lot. The farmer's saying, I have these trespassers and the captain knows exactly what's happening. He says, You have trespassers? Well we should maybe you should talk to me about it. And what he does is that he the, this cop squares away all the, the farmer's problems, right? Like, he has a bigger scheme that the farmer doesn't realize. Okay. It'll come up in a second, but that's the first time we meet him. And here's Polly. Yeah, here's look. Her, her reaction is priceless. Yeah, it's so good. Here we go. What an actor, man. 
Look at his face. Look at our face. He seems to know you. He does. He is our wife. <laughs> How can you hate a guy like that? He said, he is our wife. I say that. Okay, here's Colonel Gill. Get bored. Oh, he goes, ahoy. That's another thing that made me laugh. Yeah, since they're on land, he's going, ahoy. <laughs> All right, so they're divvying things up. They realize that the only way they can make this happen is that they're not going to pay for it. They're going to make the farmer pay for it by declaring the ship owned by the Liberty by no, the area. Wait, but wait. Getting yeah. the blackmail part. Who's blackmailing whom? Okay. Holly ran away from our hero here. Yeah. They were married. They were married. And she went off with uh, the military guy, the farmer, the pitchfork guy. Yeah. But that's, they were married. So they never got divorced. So he can't legally be married to her. So that is the blackmail. He goes in there, he plays the organ. Plays right. The piano. Gotcha. Quartermaster Sergeant, that's it. We do. Here we go, he's playing the fucking piano. I love it. Always the same song. So great. Yeah, same song. Okay, so they're getting to the nitty gritty. Of right. In yeah. addition, they're going to get it financed through. Some maritime law. Okay, but to do that, they need to have the their neighborhood, the, the Liberty, declare it. Right. And meanwhile, there's going to be. But aren't they still in the Liberty Charter? Aren't they still? They that, are. You know, it took me a second to figure that out. I think because they're going to have Charter Day nearby, and all the townspeople are hip to the smuggling. I think it is. I think, but I think like the quartermaster pitchfork guy lives in the marsh, and the water was so high they went over the wall. Yeah. And then when the water receded, they were landlocked. They were yeah. Maroons. Oh, I see the considerable. Look, there's a chess game on a boat. Do you think that would wouldn't that slide all around? Well, we saw a boat movie that took place in Sausalito. Do you remember that hippie movie? You're my mom, and she said, bleep, bleep, and she ran off. Do oh, you remember that? that? Sunflower? They did live on a boat. That was they lived on Landlock. Flowers? No. Flowers. Sunflowers? Something like that. Wildflowers? Yeah. What was Wildflower? it? I liked the movie, you know, but it was also them. But this is this is like an active boat, right? Like this has like he's on he's every day he's smuggling every day I'm smuggling every day I'm smuggling. <laughs> ah, here comes the blackmail. Fucking for all his bluster. Get a 
There he is as the quartermaster. I love these details. Like, everybody is fully formed in this movie. Everyone has a personality that you can pull out of. Here he is. Oh, a piano. Well, it's an organ, you see. That's the difference. And there's no mirror, Rachel. Look at yourself. Here Once we do a fella like you, look like you, talk like you. Kind of. <laughs> He's getting so black God damn it. Just him on the piano and this character is Oh, it just elevates this movie. Everything becomes so much better. So now this guy is committed through blackmail to creating the boat split uh, to get them back into the war. Right. Which, you know, it's honestly, it seems like such a ridiculous claim. And now he's going to get breakfast. Well, his wife is going to gleefully, happily serve him breakfast. Like, she is very happy to see him, yeah. right? Well, she does have that really good heart-to-heart where she's like, you're leaving again. Although it was her who left. I found, thought that was interesting. Yeah. Look how he, happy she is to give him. Ah, here we go. Here Fucking, we go. Yeah, here we go. From Fucking Napoleon. wild. This guy is a, is a, I don't know a sports fan, but he's the most valuable player. He definitely just comes up and delivers. Ahoy! <laughs> it's really funny how the young guy treats him. That's yes. And the bailiff starts. I know his face. When he's older, he's a famous actor. I know his face. You know, I did not look up anything. He kind of looks like the guy from uh, Hogan's Heroes. Uh, Bob Crane. I can see that, but it's but but he does have a look. I didn't look. I you know I focused on on uh, Richard Honor, uh, Richard Burden, and uh, the director and the writer. Burden, you know, like he, he in this documentary from '65. At one point, he moves to Hollywood, and he actually, I think, he moved to Switzerland. To be honest with you, for tax reasons. He was married to Cyril, I think her name was, and then uh, met her in his first movie. And of course, things changed. It was supposed to be in Camelot, and the producers of Cleopatra paid out the producers of Camelot to make sure Burden wouldn't do the movie. So he would oh. do the whole thing. Yeah. Okay, so he's saying, like, oh, <clears throat> he's. The thing is, they don't want them to know about the booze. They don't want anyone on this ship. So he says, like, uh, he realized the guy doesn't wants to guard it. He's like, well, can I get my sandwich and a, a 
here. He's like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, birthday. Do it right now. Do it right now. Okay, now these guys from the car. Here we go. They're about to leave the movie until they see this. <laughs> yeah. That's a jerk. Here, they're gonna say it right here. We go. <laughs> you know, for sick. I wish I liked Perot better. <laughs> right? He's a little too cold. But Perot, the, the aggressive American like asshole, he's going to do that shit to these guys too, and it's going to fail. So they're going to switch the, the, the crates into the fish crates, move out the booze. Done and done. Done and done. That's how they get away with it. Okay, so I think I'm wrong. This guy, that guy, I, I knew his face. His name is Brian Forbes. Yeah. And he was in um, The Guns of Navarone. Um, but he, he's not the guy I was thinking of. I know who it is now, and I just see his face. But never mind. It doesn't, it's not him. Right. Okay, so now we're trying to get rid of the booze before right. the bureaucrats come. They seem to us to be more practicable than... Which is crazy because that bulldog of a of a Ministry of Fishery guy, yeah. he fucking gets on the boat. Like he actually bulldogs his way onto the boat and yep. is like telling Vernon to open up the hatch. Yep, that yeah. Ooh, it's hot. Right. Hot. Hot. What's a hot? Is that a I'm dog afraid it's a bit stuck. Oh, I must stand up from the hot first. <laughs> So he's like, you've got to get out of here. There's alcohol here. You get implicated. Yeah. Because I'm not leaving. I bought you a tomato sandwich. Really nice. And interesting. They talk potatoes and tomatoes. Potato. Potato. Interesting. Yeah. I you did my research. potato. I say tomato. Oh, you know what, Carl? I was going to single out. There's one scene in this movie, and I think you missed it already, oh. where they're at the colonel's uh, house, and they're planning out a scheme of what to do. Right. He had the squeakiest fucking shoes. I was going to call myself out and say, oh. play up the, I was going to play the audio on it, but you missed it. But you could hear him squeaking the shoes around there. <laughs> All right, here comes the next guy. Now, where's he from again? Like, he's not the. There's a oh, smart sergeant who, I'm who's going to sure help. I'm not sure because they are hiding from him, but he seems like he's part of the marshes. Oh, no, he's, he's a maritime guy. Oh, he's from Salvage. Who always has the cold? Oh, no, here's the guy with the cold. The cold. I think that guy is from the Salvage. He wants to take the clothes. Wait, he's got no teeth. He's the guy who was walking. Oh, the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard, yeah. Right. Right, he does a double take. The bureaucrat goes, You mean smuggling? And they cut to him with his teeth pulled out. All right, they're almost there. Don't pull my leg. Okay, now this guy shows up with his chair. <laughs> I got here first. I just came back from my stool. <laughs> so it's three separate bureaucratic organizations. Yeah. And they're all sort of fighting for jurisdiction. Yeah. And now the ladders are coming. Oh, man. Oh, this is, all right, this is one of my favorite scenes. He brought food. So this guy brought food and coffee and a chair. And he's sitting in the tent. He's the only one. You know, I think he's going to – I think I'm going to – oh, 
This guy is snoring so loudly you can't stand it. He gets up away from the snoring sick. guy. The snoring guy opens his eyes. See, he hates him. That's the salvage guy. That's the Coast Guard guy. The Coast Guard guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, look. He's like, fuck it. I'm going to turn away from this guy. He's like, they're turned away. I could drink the asshole's coffee. They were brought enough for <laughs> once. Right? Like, this prick brings his own food and these guys are starving. Thank God he had enough chairs. <laughs> yeah, how did that happen? How'd they get chair? I mean, he only brought one chair. No, he brought he brought a couple, multiple chairs. Oh. He's about to drink his coffee. <clears throat> what happened? Okay, I think the squeaking is the next scene. Here we go. Listen okay. to his squeaking. Check out this fucking liquor cabinet. Wow, nice and hidden. Put the location. Yeah, that's the. Well, his shoes were squeaking. So, so they come now up. They have to drink all the booze on the. Yes. Yep. Before the bureaucrats find it. That's the rub. Yeah, we have to get the town all drunk. Look at this tiny little glass. The lily white. Well, it's brandy. It's like really fancy shit. They just glug it down. <laughs> brandy galore. Oh, brandy galore, good one. One of my colleagues were assaulted by this man, Bainbridge, in the execution of their duties. You wish to prefer a charge, sir? Oh, no, although we should be well within our... Now, isn't that the cop who brings them warrants? Yeah, he he pays them mine here, right? He's still eating his lunch. They leave. He picks up the phone, and he calls the colonel. So the colonel says, here's what... to be on their side. He's just doing his job, and then once they leave, he calls up the colonel and says, what am I going to do? Colonel gives him the order. He follows through. Like, okay. he's, not showing his, he's not showing his hand, but he's definitely... Like, here we go. I mean, it sounds like he's going to follow up with these guys, and then he gets a call, and he's just like, he calls the colonel. The colonel says, fuck with these guys. He's like, all right. Look how old-timey it is. Yeah. I know, and they have televisions back then? What the fuck? Yeah, that's weird. Uh, there's the ducks from the uh, title card. Their little camp. Yeah, <laughs> so funny. And they all hate each other. Like, it's just funny, the personalities of these characters. Yeah. They don't, they didn't need to do that. <laughs> they're, they're camped out there too. They sleep in the boat all night. Look, he, he's they're they're mopping the swapping the deck. Well, they have their duties. It doesn't matter if it's not on water. It does matter. They're they're boat. Breakfast, Cedric. 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 <laughs> okay, white power. Should be okay somehow. That means white power. Yeah. Girl, what are you doing? I guess not in the movement. <laughs> All right, now this guy, he's got his orders. He says, oh, Mr. Bridget, we have a little chat. Yeah, hey, I Standing figured everything out. out. Everything's okay. I got it. Because it seems like the, the cop's going to kick the boat out, right? Like the farmer wants the boat out. And uh, he talks to him. He's like, I got everything. Don't you worry. I have it set. Well, he says, like, I have paperwork that will make these guys trespassers. Come on down and sign the papers. But and it sounds can... like the boat people. Like, I can make the boat people trespassers. 
But in fact, he thinks that all the bureaucrats are faster than his name. Right, and that kind of screws the quartermaster, I remember now. Yeah. Well, it also, yeah, it screws the quartermaster, but it screws all the bureaucrats. You know, like... Certainly. Yeah, look at this town. Great car. Yeah. Hello, lover who I'll never be lovers with. Come on, Ew. look at this whole movie is setting them up to be a couple. I was drinking three bottles a day. I am 500 richer. That's your third bottle. Maybe you should take a blood test. Do I use the name X? It was anonymous. And they say, ooh. Right, he wants to keep it anonymous, so he goes into an interview and blabs about it. The results came back that this anonymous man lived like well, he lived for two more weeks. Alright, now here comes the cop. Cop fucking and he's got a new pitchfork. Here's all our bureaucrats. We have a pitchfork on farmer. Yeah, get off me land. Well, he wants the, the ship off the duck pond. All right, and he's got his pitchfork. pitchfork. Yeah, but it's got four prongs now instead of two. It is a new pitchfork. Maybe they're disposable. Like, once you chase after somebody, they just gotta throw it away. <laughs> they're disposable? Yeah. Set me Bring me out. my pitchfork. Here you are, dear. I used that one! Okay, so here's the ducks. They're drunk. Oh, I'm decently cooked. Or at least our ducks are pickled. Look at the bubbles coming out of them. Like, that's I what love- don't you think as a British child you'd be laughing in the aisles of your show? Yes. And they push on his stomach and the bubbles come out. That's hilarious. I know. How cool would be that? It's, it's in slow motion, but they look drunk. Yeah. Yeah, we wanted to get some fries and put the ducks Robert back. Dressed. Yeah, right, he's got a suit on. But for what? Well, he is on land. He's not a sailor today with Here's the here's the alpha male again. Okay, now this is what I thought was the movie part. Obviously, the boat they're getting yeah. rid of the smuggled goods by pouring it in the water. So he's taking a sample of the water because the ducks are drunk. He's gonna bring it to the chemist right away. Right. And get it analyzed, and they're gonna find alcohol in it. I thought that was the movie part. Like no, at but the, the end, that's I gonna. It pays off. I think it pays off, absolutely. At the end, when they get the results, it's the funniest thing I've seen. Now, she's helping. Now, don't help her. funny, but it's not a payoff. Okay, let's talk about it. So, they're going to be stuck in court. They're going to keep them in court all day while the townspeople drink the booze. This is all on purpose, so they're going to talk dithery-do. It's the old Southern judge who blathers on and on while Burt Reynolds drinks all the hooch. Uh, Jerry Reed. But he, uh, you get the results. They get a telegram. They open up the envelope and they pass it. The three bureaucrats look at it, and then the audience finally gets to look at it. Results of that water test. Yes. And it says ninety-four percent H two O, one percent sodium, one percent dithery do, and the last percentage alcohol. Yeah, random. Like it's so obvious that it's one hundred percent alcohol. Okay, but you see what happens make a movie good in the end is expectation for the audience. So this movie sets us up. We've got to keep the bureaucrats occupied with the judge while we right. drink all the hooch. 
right? And yeah. that's exactly what the movie delivers to us. That's exactly what happens. But when there's usually a movie card, like the chemist report, and now he can hold up the chemist to the judge and say, this proves there's alcohol, and that leads to a final battle. They thought they were cool. Yeah, but the joke, the joke is they, they, they undercut it. They, it's corruption to the core, and they can't get away with it. The town is lying, flat-out lying to them. Gaslighting. Here comes the cop. He's like, oh, about time. We were just about to. Yeah, about time indeed. I'm about to serve you papers. Yeah, you are yeah. trespassing. What? But it was really close. Alpha Dog almost got it. Yep. Are you really leaving? Yeah. This movie does not deliver a proper third act. Well, soon as we have procured a sleeper, a few spare watches, chains, shackles, twenty fathoms of good rope, all of which your Mr. Savage has so obligingly agreed to provide, we are off. Furthermore, we shall be forsaking hard liquor until the frolic is afloat again. Yes, yes. So sure you really want to go away? That is our declared intention. Oh, here goes Portnery Green. I think Portnery Green and the Abodale Marsh are just two different areas, and that marsh is covered by the Liberty. I don't know. I guess they're all covered by the Liberty. Signs the Charter. There's their actor playing King Henry. Now, if this was an Adam Sandler movie, King Henry would be played by Rob Schneider. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And Arthur Fonzarelli would have been the casting director. Yeah, I would have, and I would have seen it. Well, yeah. So they're celebrating. So King Henry is there. Henry, I mean Henry the Third. hundreds, I guess. Uh, yeah. Well, they said like five hundred years ago or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Maybe it's like 500 years ago. There's these the judge, guys. who we really haven't met yet. Yeah, it's weird how they introduce these characters. We hear about Mr. Bainbridge, and then suddenly we're involved in Mr. Bainbridge. Do we see the judge here in the parade? And then he's going to be the 
He's like, I like movies that have a third act new character. I know it's not good. I just want to enjoy not that. Hollywood rules, but it's so, you know. It, it's it's ballsy. It's always ballsy to introduce a new character. Yeah. The thing is, when you introduce your new characters, it's usually in the second act, and they're all characters to help the hero or be against the hero. When you introduce a character in the third act, the audience feels a little cheated, like it was tacked on, you know? That's what the... I always feel like that character needs to be, like, becomes the main character. Like, he, his absence was the point, you know, like, complements the movie. Like, you know, it's a funny scene to see. They're basically going to just, uh, uh, what's it, filibuster. Yeah, they're going to delay the judges while they drink the booze yeah. and get rid of the evidence. And what's funny about this is that, oh, here, here's the results coming in. Uh, no, the funny about it, these guys are like. No, not for a while. You won't get the chemist report for a while. The bureaucrats' faces on this, it's like they completely get what's going on. They're bureaucrats. They understand what bureaucratic hell they're stuck in. Yeah. And it's just like this resign, like they just yeah. can't get out of it. You know, they all know it's hooey. These guys, maybe not so much. Yeah. Reading the charges. Yeah, and there's honor. Is she there as a reporter? She's reporting. Yes, but she's sneaking out now because she's probably going to tell them they're occupied. It's time to drink. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She came out and gave her statement. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so Richard Burton, like, he was in one of the worst, like, Golden Turkey Awards. Uh, yeah. Called him the worst actor. Really? This is like 1980, 1979. They listed uh, Exorcist 2, the, the Heretic, as like the second worst movie following Plan 9 from Outer Space. He's in that famously. I went onto Amazon Prime. I typed in Richard Burden, and they have a movie called Obsession, a take on Lolita. It's about a schoolgirl falling in love with a 60-year-old man, and it stars Richard Burden. Okay. Wow. From 1980. Like, uh, but he's in plenty of bad movies. Oh, they're singing their little song. Yeah, let's hear it. Hey, you want to get fucked up? Eddie was very big. You know I do. You know I do, because I'm not really Henry at all. I'm the Burger King uh, mascot. Yeah, that's right. Well, Richard Burton and like uh, Elizabeth Taylor, that that documentary had some prime footage from '65, but they were just like a freak show. Remember Boom? We saw Boom. Yeah, right. Really good. But who is the director who's like he did? You don't like it? I I don't even respect you. Who's that guy? Director who did uh, the woman who is always in drag, uh, not well, John, the Water, guy. John Waters. Yeah, John Waters. You think of Divine? Polyester and. Yeah. Oh look, hey, wicked odds, wicked odds. There's a maypole. There, Everybody's there over the Yeah, uh, you're right, maypole, maypole. But in the video for for safety dancing, they had maypoles. Yeah. Yeah. Now, all right. Now we well, got. I got to write down for this episode to do 
safety dance song. Yeah. Theme oh, we song. just heard it. Just give you half of it. Started in the show. All right. Uh, okay. It's like you can see these bureaucrats are resigned. They know they got fucked over. Yeah, and it's like part of their bread and butter living, so they're al- they're al- uh, resigned to it. Yeah. So it's been an hour-long deliberation. Now, the thing is, the judge isn't really in on it. He doesn't know he's supposed to be keeping them busy. Oh, I didn't realize that. I think he he should know. Yeah, I thought he was intentionally doing it. Right! You just assume it. Yeah. Now the chemist report should come. Achoo! Whoa, I'm cured. Yeah, he's just battling on. You know, I guess what's up, uh, Doc? The the Ryan O'Neill, uh, Barbara Streisand movie in San Francisco. Yeah. It ends. The third act has a judge, so they and he's crazy judge. Uh, it's kind of a famous scene. And then I guess Dan Aykroyd, nothing but trouble. He plays a southern judge who. Uh, right, he's the grotesque looking. No, See, southern now the Jersey. Is drinking the contraband. Now these drugs are fantastic. Look at them; they just can't wait. And then they're 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 all piling up. They won't let this guy on. Yeah. Oh no, that was the captain who pulled them there. But these drugs, they got to get them out of here. You had enough, buddy. I'm yeah. doing it for the liberty. Not for all right, job. for the liberty. Look at this guy. Who the fuck is this guy? Guy that's been there. Uh. What so? What is he eating? Like Altoids? <laughs> yeah, I I saw that too. It was almost like he had snuff or Maybe tobacco snuff. chew. Here's the chemist uh, report. Great. There's something important that comes in. He gets it. He gives it to this person. We wait as the audience for him to open it. He's so resigned. It's just funny to him, right? That's a personality quirk of this guy. They're blathering on. It's the second one. We want to know what's in this letter. So well done. He looked at it. Here we go. Look at that. 1% alcohol. 1% alcohol. alcohol. 96% W2O. Now look at the smile. Shout out to Henry III for getting lifted off a boat onto a horse. That's a great stunt. Well, That's I guess the you were. thing I don't like about the movie is that they'll now do that to our heroine. They already did that gag. 
I know, and it doesn't look like she's in. It doesn't look like she's in pain when they do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I guess I guess you're right. Carl, all right. So they say it's ninety. It's full of alcohol. They're like, wait, we gotta go to the resort, and they go, and then they have the whole wild goose chase, uh, pickled duck chase, with that one bottle left. So they throw it to everybody, and that would be it. They still get to it. I don't know. I think as a farce, they have to say this is the way the world works. It, if it's a coincidence, it must be a miracle, and yeah. that this is how the things work, and, and uh, they're resigned to it. I don't know. Yeah, all right. I, I don't know. I thought it was clever, uh, but you're right. Okay. Yeah, it's clever. I, I didn't say it wasn't. It is. Now, listen, at the end, they, the judge lets them go. Says we're reducing the charges to a something obstruction, right? And they don't have to serve any time. They don't have to pay a fine. I kind of didn't get that. I also, why can't she drink? I know. Sure. Why does he not like it? Because up oh, there she goes. All right, upskirts guys, get your cameras. Are to the top of these sails. These guys are chugging away. They had an extra bottle. They could have just given it the honor. Drunk kids, they were gone for two hours, three hours, and now it's just total chaos. We have won the bottle, and we're missing one person that I kicked off the boat. What are we supposed to do with this bottle? She was there. Oh, this is so cute. Now they're so out funny. on a date. Oh, he's so funny. He shoots a gun, and then he says, yeah, the gun's no good. Because yeah, I thought you would say that. Here's a, Take another gun. Him. But she's great with her little uh, vanity mirror. Yes. Yeah. It does look like it hurts her as an actress. Yeah, and it's just a silly thing for him to do. She was trying to drink the last bottle, basically. He won't let her, and now they're stuck with the one last bottle. Right. Now, this is kind of a movie farce. This is kind of what I was talking about. Yeah. But this is all in one take when they're throwing that bottle on her. Look how they're kissing. Did you see them kiss? I yes. never saw that before. Does that mean they're a couple? Maybe. I didn't realize they were kissing. Look, she's so great. He one a little scruffy bear. Cute. Now it's Polly's turn. So they're chasing the bottle. Right. Which has gone in. Oh, here, the Andrea Amash. That's where they're from, because the boat must have gone next door to Pony and Green. Little ham. All right, hamming up for the last bit of the movie. Of the yeah, singers, la, 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 la. Which one? Oh, there he is. Yeah, there he, he was is. At, he was at the fortune teller. <laughs> uh, now he doesn't do. The, he doesn't realize this, but he saves the day. Now check yeah, out Polly. It's the ass scratcher. She's so great. She scratches her ass, and then when it's her turn to shoot, she shoots it off the vanity mirror, and she shoots the one last bottle. Oh, thank God! She didn't even realize it was her. Like the bureaucrats are laughing at this. Well, they're not. They're just kissing. They're like, hey, well, no, just good. I know, I love it. The marsh will rise. Oh, she whopped Chicken fingers. Yo, the chicken fingers. Go back to the boat. There's the boat. 
Right. The boats have been a lot a lot larger than that. Or there's uh what was it? Slayer Classic. No, no, it's not Mud Rocket, it's yeah, a castle. It is a castle. No alcohol yeah. for and the last time I said it again. Oh it was a castle. Yeah, the boat looks a lot bigger. So maybe Polly they they stay on there. Oh, it's been I enjoyed them I think But but um it's um they had a great I think they could have really done something with the Roman He wasn't on the boat, doesn't have the romance. But um I enjoyed it. Yeah, I Say like, I don't know. I, I thought like that Marshall class and all the characters were just really good for me. And I remember hearing uh, what's his eyes, Udo. Good job, dude. Well, uh, next week, Carl, we are gonna watch uh, the Great Gabbo. Bet you there's no trailer. Let's see, maybe. Uh, this is. This was a, a Simpsons episode where the great Gabbo shows up more popular than Captain the Clown. It is based on this movie, so I heard about this character from the There is no trailer, but they have the lollipop. Well, you know, we should close on a different song, Carl. Oh, right. The trailer. Let's put the trailer down. Okay, so here we go. So this is like 12 Days of Christmas. So instead of five golden rings, Three for Mom and Dad. I'm pretty sure I wrote it. I'm going to tell you as a kid. Yeah, I could. No, this is, uh. Oh, I sing you one, oh, green, oh, the blessed, oh, one is one, oh. One is one and all alone and forever more friends than I have known. So we keep going here. What is zero? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Final lyrics. I'll sing you twelve. Oh, zero. The rest is O. Oh. What is twelve? Oh, twelve for the twelve apostles. Eleven for the eleven who went to heaven. And ten oh. for the ten commandments. Nine for the nine righteous. For the April rainers, seven for the seven stars in the sky, six for the proud walkers, five for the symbols at your door, four for the gospel makers, three three the rivals, what? two two lily white boys, all one and one and all alone, and evermore shall be.
It's not the folk song, though. It's different. No, it's not. Damn you, Scythe. Rapid eye movement. That's how much money he gets. Yeah, he doesn't get residuals from the song. <laughs> well, if you enjoyed that good one, hold your breath because seven days we will be back uh, in your inbox in your YouTube notifications. Podcast here, and of course here on Mutant Radio, we'll be back first thing on the Sunday. Uh, Carl, people can check out Carl at carlstrux.com. Carl Strux works, and you can check me out at Mania, I guess, uh, on the Twitter. Uh, Carl, this was a lot of fun. Thank you yeah. so much. I never knew how the sausage was made until you showed me here. Now I see all the effort put in, and uh, Hey, I should mention before. I think your your best one was the Elvis one. Yeah, and you did a pretty good job with um, uh, Ernest Kills Christmas or whatever it was. Oh, and then Abbott Costello. Yeah, you did a good job with that one yeah. too. And did you did right. do a good job with uh, Kill, Kill Dozer. Dozer that's called. Never heard but of other that. Other than that, you did a great job. Mention Kill Dozer, and I'll mention the funny joke at the end. That's a joke. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, so we're. Come back, check us out. We'll be watching the 1989 movie, Big Shadow. Uh, Philip goes crazy. Uh, so hold your breath. Check it out. And we'll be back next week. Watch if you want to, you can slap Spiegelman's behind. L-W-A-F-L-M-N-O-Y-T on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny. Mutiny! It's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! It's, it's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! Oh, my turn-offs are guys who say mutiny. Mutiny? Well, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman.
show going down. We've got to thank uh, Community Thrift for most of this. Then also Sean from Bughouse Square on Tuesday. Let me fill in for his show. So listen to those. Fame was a four-letter word. And like hate or Zoom or faith or pain or life, what ultimately matters is what we do with it. I feel that those of us in television are chosen to be servants. It doesn't matter what our particular job we are chosen to help meet the deeper needs of those who watch and listen, day and night. The conductor of the orchestra at the Hollywood Bowl grew up in a family that had little interest in music, but he often tells people he found his early inspiration in the fine musicians on television. Last month, a 13-year-old boy abducted an 8-year-old girl. And when people asked him why, he said he learned about it on TV. Something different to try, he said. Life's cheap. What does it matter? Well, life isn't cheap. It's the greatest mystery of any millennium. And television needs to do all it can to broadcast that. To show and tell what the good in life is all about. But how do we make goodness attractive? By doing whatever we can to bring courage to those whose lives move near our own. By treating our neighbor at least as well as we treat ourselves, and allowing that to inform everything that we produce. 
Who in your life has been such a servant to you? Who has helped you love the good that grows within you? And that we produce. Who in your life has been such a servant to you? Who has helped you love the good that grows within you? Let's just take 10 seconds think of some of those people who have loved us and wanted what was best for us in life. Those who have encouraged us to become who we are tonight. Just 10 seconds of silence. I'll walk.